0: ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so continuing with the 40 hadith of al-imam al-Nawabi rahimahullah ta'ala. we now in the hadith of Abu Tha'laba al-Khushani. Jurthum ibn Nashir, radiallahu anhu عن Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam قال إن الله ta'ala فرض فرائض فلا تضيعوها وحد حدود فلا تعتدوها وحرّم أشياء فلا تنتهكوها وسكت عن أشياء رحمة لكم غير نسيان فلا تبحثوا عنها. رواه الدارقطني وغيره. in this hadith it says from the hadith of Abu Al Khushani that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, "Inna Allah taala That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has obligated the obligations upon you. So do not become slack with them or abandon them or waste them. Allah has placed obligations upon you. So do not become slack or lose those obligations and waste those obligations and forget about those obligations. And Allah has put down boundaries. Fala So do not transgress those boundaries. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made certain things haram. So do not Transgress with regards to those haram in going and performing them. Allah has made certain things haram, so do not transgress and delve into that haram. Wasakata an ashia rahmatan lakum, And there are certain things that Allah did not mention as a mercy upon you. Not because it was out of forgetfulness but purposely there are certain things that have been left silent, and nothing has been mentioned regarding them. Tabhathu anha. So do not delve into them, going into details and seeking out affairs, that have been remained and left as silent, as a mercy upon you. So what does all of this mean? What's the meaning of this particular hadith? Firstly then, As Sheikh Al-Fawzan says, Allah, ta'ala ma fi wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated for His servants, for His slaves, that which will rectify and benefit them in their religion and in their worldly affairs. Allah has legislated for His servants and His slaves. Affairs that will rectify and benefit you in your religion and in your worldly affairs. So when the Prophet wasallam said, "Inna Allah taala fara'id," يعني أَوْجَبَ وَاجِبَاتٍ Meaning that Allah has made obligatory upon you certain obligations. Because the fard that's what it's meant. The fard i.e. the wajib, Something which is obligatory upon you uh, And some of the scholars they mentioned That there could be a difference Between the word fard And the word wajib And they mention some differences But generally speaking Then it is something that is obligatory upon you um, The shaykh says Qila It is said al fardah Akadu al wajib It is said by some scholars that the fard fard is more of an obligation than something that is wajib. Some scholars, they say that the fard, something which is fard is more of an obligation than something that is wajib. So some scholars give that difference in the meaning. Well, wajib and something that is wajib, what's the definition of something that is wajib? هُوَ مَا يُثَابُ wa وَيُعَاقَبُ تَارِكُهُ That is something, a wajib act, that whoever does it gets reward for doing it. And whoever leaves it gets sin for leaving it. If you leave an act that is wajib, then there is sin upon you. And if you do the act that is wajib, then there is reward for you. يعني, so the meaning of this would be therefore أَوْجَبَ وَأَجِبَاتٍ وَأَلْزَمَ بِهَا مِنَ الطعات. so Allah has made obligatory upon you obligations and these are from the affairs that are upon you in terms of the worship وَالْعِبَادَاتِ and the other different types of obediences and worship Mithlu, for example these obligations, what are they, what we're talking about? as salawatil khams At the head of them, the five prayers. The five prayers are at the head of these obligations. On the day of judgment, it is mentioned that the first thing a person will be asked about is his prayer. So if his five prayers, daily prayers are intact, then the remainder of his actions will follow suit. But if a person, he is deficient and missing in his five prayers, he hasn't even performed his five daily prayers, then the remainder of his actions will follow suit. They will end up in deficiency and corruption if he can't even keep the five obligatory prayers intact. Such an important affair, such an important affair that the Prophet ﷺ said, salah that the covenant between us and them, the the barrier between us and them, is the prayer. So whoever leaves that, فَقَدْ كَفَر Then he has committed disbelief, كُفَر The one who leaves the prayer. So the prayer is of extreme importance. The first thing that a person will be asked about. In the Quran it says that the prayer, it prevents from evil and lewd acts. You perform your prayers properly on time, five times a day, then it stops you and prevents you and aids you from keeping away from the haram and from the evil and the corruption. But for the one who doesn't even guard over his five prayers every day, then the door to that corruption and the whisperings of the shaitan are wide open. So the five prayers, the zakat, the fasting of Ramadan, the hajj, the righteousness to the parents, and other than that from the wajibat, allati bayna al-ibadi wa bayna Allah, wal Wajibat allati bayna al-ibadi ba'dihim ma'ba'ud, min birri al-walidaini, wasilatil arham, wal-ihsani ilal mahaweej, hazihi fara'idhu la yajuzu tarkuha wa yalzamu fi'luha. So these types of obligations, whether it's obligations between yourself and Allah, Obligations between yourself and Allah with those worships and those obediences or if it is obligations between yourself and other people in terms of keeping the ties of kinship and in terms of righteousness to your parents and other affairs of that nature that are rights between yourself and the other people then all of those are obligations that cannot be abandoned or left rather a person must fulfill those obligations. So then the Prophet ﷺ said, regarding these obligations, فَلَا تُضَيِّعُوهَا So don't waste them. "La تتركوها تَتْرُكُوهَا Don't leave these obligations. أَوْ تَتَسَاهَلُوا فِي شَأْنِهَا Oh, become slack with regards to them. Become slack with regards to these obligations and think them to be something minor and not to give them any importance. Don't fall into that trap. لِأَنَّهَا مِنْ maslahatikum Because these obligations, they are from your benefit. They are from your own benefit for you to practice them and to do them. وَمِنْ And these obligations are the affairs that will keep your religion upright and established. Fulfilling these obligations, they will keep your religion upright and established. They are the pillars keeping your religion together. الدين قائم على الفرائض والواجبات. The religion is established upon these obligations, established upon these obligations that you fulfill. ثُمَّ الْمُسْتَحَبَّاتِ مِنَ الْطَاعَاتِ Then after the obligations are the mustahab acts. The mustahab acts that you've been commanded to do from the obediences. فَإِنَّ النَّوَافِلَ تَجْبُرُ الفرائض إِذَا حَصَلَ فِيهَا نَقْصٌ وَتُكَمِّلُهَا Because the nawafil, the nafal acts those types of acts they will fill the gaps if you have gaps in your obligations so the one who has some deficiency in his obligations if you've been performing the nafal, the nawafil acts then they will be able to aid in fulfilling that gap, that deficiency that you had in your obligations. So it's upon a person to fulfill the obligations and to aim to do the Mustahab and the nafil Acts too, in order that if any deficiency occurs in the obligations, that there are Nawafil Acts that could be used therefore to aid in filling that deficiency in the obligations. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَحَدَّ حُدُودًا فَلَا تَعْتَدُوهَا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has laid down boundaries. So do not transgress, go beyond those boundaries. The حَدَّ هو الشيء المانع وَاللَّهُ وَضَعَ مَوَانِعَ لِلْعِبَادِ لَا يَتَجَاوَزُونَهَا al الْمُبَاحَاتِ so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed down these boundaries, these prohibitions, that it is not permissible for the servants to transgress and to cross the line over those boundaries. Tughnihim amma alayhim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made many things halal and mubah that are permissible and allowable for you to do. And they suffice you to have to go to the haram affairs fulfill and do what you require to do from the halal and from the mubah things which are permissible and allowable and that suffices you there's no need for you to have to go and perform the haram rather allah has given you sufficiency in the halal For allah ahalla so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the good things halal for his servants at-tayyibat, the good and lawful things, Allah has made them halal upon His servants. وَحَرَّمَ عَلَيْهِمُ الْخَبَائِثِ And at the same time, Allah has made the khabaith, the evil, disgusting, corrupt affairs haram upon you. Those affairs that are evil and corrupt and disgusting and haram, Allah has made them haram upon you. They are haram. Rather the good and the righteous and the correct and the upright affairs, Allah has made them halal for you. فَهُنَاكَ حَلَالٍ Therefore, you have things which are halal. وَهُنَاكَ حَرَامٌ And you have things that are haram. هَذِهِ حُدُودُ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وتعالى. These are the boundaries of Allah. You have the boundaries of what is halal. And then if you cross over, you end up into that which is haram. The boundaries of Allah in staying within what is halal and permissible and mubah, and not crossing over and transgressing into that which is haram and evil. So then the Shaykh says, uh, sheik al-Fawzan, فَالْمُبَاحُ لَا yutadda." So those affairs that are permissible, halal, mubah, then they are not to be transgressed. You don't go outside of the mubah, outside of that which is allowable and permissible, into affairs which are then haram. Al-mubah la yuta'adda. That which is allowable, then you don't transgress outside of that. Qala ta'ala, Allah said in the Qur'an, تِلْكَ حُدُودُ اللَّهِ فَلَا تعتدوها. They are the boundaries of Allah, so do not transgress them. Ayah in the Qur'an, Surah Al-Baqarah 229. تِلْكَ حُدُودُ الله, Those are the boundaries of Allah, فَلَا تعتدوها. So do not overpass them and transgress them. وَالْحَرَامُ لَا يُقْرَبُ And the haram affairs... Which are outside of those halal, outside of that which is permissible, those haram affairs, the Sheikh says, they are not to be gone anywhere near them. You do not go anywhere near the haram affairs. How do we know that? Mentioned in the Quran, Allah said in Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah number 187, Tilka hududullah fala akrabuha. Those are the boundaries of Allah, so do not go near them. i.e. that which is haram, then do not approach it to transgress over the boundaries. They are the boundaries of Allah, so do not go near them. Stay within the halal and the permissible. (laughs) هذا موقف المسلم من الحلال والحرام This is the stance of a Muslim, this is the position of a Muslim with regards... To the halal and the haram. أنه يأخذ الحلال الطيب ويكتفي به. That a person, a Muslim, he takes the halal and he suffices himself with that. Stays within the halal. He takes that which is halal and takes sufficiency from that. Stays within that which is halal. وَيَتْرُكُ الْحَرَامِ وَمَا يؤدي إِلَيْهِ مِنَ الْوَسَائِلِ And he leaves the haram and whatever may be a means leading onto that haram. Not only does he leave the haram, but he leaves any means or pathways that could lead him to the haram, he stops that too. Stops any pathways or any activities that could lead him to the haram. So he doesn't even approach or go anywhere near the haram. Any activity which is taking him down the road towards haram, he stops that activity to even stop from the beginning going towards the haram. This is what's mentioned regarding the position of a believer. Why is it like that? Why even those activities and those pathways that could lead you to haram and they are taking you in that direction, then you stop them even, even though those actual activities may not be haram. Those actual activities may not be haram, but they are leading you into a direction of eventually falling into something haram. Then even those activities, you stop doing them. Why? Because Allah said in the Quran, "Tilka hududullah, fala takrabuha." They are the boundaries of Allah, so do not go near them. So if you're doing some activity, engaging in something which may be permissible in of itself but it's leading you step by step to something haram, then you stop doing this activity to not even end up going anywhere near the haram. Uh, so do not go anywhere near the boundaries of Allah, i.e., do not even do the things that will cause you to end up going down the road to something that is haram, as a precaution. As a precaution, you stay away from any activities that are leading you down the road to something haram eventually. So stop those activities in the first place from the beginning as a precaution, rather than continuing upon them and eventually ending up in the haram. فالمسلم Muslim عند حدود الله، so the Muslim he stops at the boundaries of Allah. لا يتجاوزها، he does not transgress them. he doesn't cross those boundaries and go beyond them. فيأخذ الحلال والمباح ويترك الحرام، so the believer the Muslim he takes the halal and the permissible. And he leaves the haram. Qal, then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَحَرَّمَ أَشْيَاءُ وَحَرَّمَ أَشْيَاءُ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made haram certain affairs. Allah has made haram upon us certain affairs. Muharramat كثيرة And there are many. There are many affairs, many things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained, has commanded us, that these are haram items for us not to engage in. As Allah mentioned in the Quran, for example, as an example, حُرِّمَتْ عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَيْتَةِ حُرِّمَتْ عَلَيْكُمُ الْمَيْتَةِ That the dead animals that have not been slaughtered islamically, then they are impermissible upon you. Meaning if you want to eat a chicken, or a goat, or a sheep, or a cow, then in order to eat it, it must be slaughtered in the islamic manner. It must be slaughtered in the proper manner. You can't just walk into the field one day and find that one of your cows has died overnight. It's dead. A wolf attacked it, for example, and it's already dead. You can't take that now and cut the meat up and eat it. You didn't slaughter it Islamically. It died by itself. A wolf attacked it or something else happened. It's a meta. It's a corpse. It has died without the Islamic slaughtering upon it. So you can't eat that meat. Haram. That meat is haram for you to eat. Even if it is a cow or a sheep or a chicken, because you haven't slaughtered it in the Islamic slaughtering. So that is something which Allah has made haram upon us. That if it's not slaughtered in that Islamic slaughtering, an animal that has died by itself, it fell off a cliff or it hit a rock or a wolf attacked it, and it's dead, you can't eat that animal. That animal is haram upon you. That is an example of something that Allah has made haram. Similarly, another example of something, and these are just a few examples to highlight how Allah has mentioned in the Quran, things that are haram upon us. Another example is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Wa and this is an example that shows both in the same ayah. Shows something that Allah has made halal and something that Allah has made haram in the same ayah. In this ayah Allah said, Wa Allah has made halal business and trade. Trade and business is halal. Buying and selling is halal. says in the Quran, وَأَحَلَّ اللَّهُ الْبَيْعَةِ Buying and selling and trade is halal. Of course, within the Islamic rulings and the laws of how to buy and sell, etc. that you learn in the fiqh. So buying and selling and trade is halal. But then in the same ayah it says, وَحَرَّمَ riba," <الْرِبَى> That the interest, taking interest, Allah has made that haram. So business and trade, it's halal. But taking interest, taking interest, then that is impermissible. Riba. Riba. Taking this interest is impermissible. So here you see that Allah has made one affair halal, and another affair is explained to us as being haram. An example as well of where Allah mentioned, as we were talking about, even leaving the pathways that lead you to the haram, Allah said regarding fornication, "Wala zina." Do not go anywhere near fornication. So that indicates even the methods or the activities that could take you down the path of falling into fornication, then even those activities you cut off from them from the beginning. "La zinah. Do not go anywhere near fornication. Not just don't fornicate, do not go anywhere near it. So even the pathways and the activities that could lead onto it, stop them and cut them off too. So all of these are examples of how Allah has made certain things haram upon us in the Quran. فَمِنْهَا مَا جَاءَ نَصُّ التَّحْرِيمُ عليه So some things, there are texts, clear proofs and texts telling you this is haram. And there are certain things where it doesn't say that it's haram, But the wording, the phrase is that such and such is prohibited. That Allah and His Messenger prohibit you from something. That indicates that it's obviously haram. So if something is prohibited, then the asal, the default, typically is that that item is therefore impermissible, it's haram. Sometimes it could be the case that in the Quran and the Sunnah you see something is prohibited, but it's not haram, it's makruh. There could be some examples of that. But normally, normally if you see something prohibited, the default or the origin is that it's haram. Then the Prophet ﷺ said after that, after saying uh, that there are certain things which are haram, so don't fall into them, don't start practicing them, don't transgress the boundaries and go on to them. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَسَكَتَ an ashia That the... Uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has remained silent on certain affairs. Meaning that there are certain affairs that it has not been mentioned. Is this particular act halal or is this particular act haram? There are certain things where the details haven't been given like that regarding certain activities. لا tasalu anha. The Prophet ﷺ says, says, yeah, don't go into details and delve into those things asking about them. anna اللَّهَ سَكَتَ عَنْهَا because Allah has remained silent over those affairs, hasn't mentioned the details of halal, haram. So don't delve into them, and affairs where in the Quran and the Sunnah, those details haven't been given. ihrajul Because by delving into it, and researching into it, you're going to end up causing problems. These are affairs where nothing has been mentioned about them, neither halal, haram, affairs that have been left as they are, so leave them as they are. Don't go into details and research and this and that and cause problems and bring out other issues. Leave those affairs as they are. Uh, so because they have been left as they are, then leave them as they are. So whoever does those things, don't blame them, don't accuse them of anything. They are things which have been left as they are. Not the halal, haram, details have been given. So if somebody wants or does that, they're not blameworthy upon it. Because those affairs where nothing has been mentioned about them, they are considered as what type of affairs? The Mubah. You have Halal, you have Haram, and you have Mubah. Mubah, those types of things where it's neither mentioned Halal nor Haram, they are affairs as they are. So those types of things are Mubah. Nothing in the Sharia prohibits them, there is no Haram upon them. There is no prohibition within them. So they are mubah and they can be done. Uh, and the mubah is The mubah actions are actions that if a person does them, you don't get reward for it. But if you don't do it, you don't get sin for it either. If you leave it and you don't bother doing it, you don't get sin for it. And if you do it, you don't get a reward for it. It's just a mubah thing. Something allowable. Something allowable for you to do. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remained silent upon certain affairs out of wisdom. Wa Ma sakata anha min Allah did not remain silent upon certain affairs out of forgetfulness. Of course not. sakata anha bikum Rather, silence upon those affairs was a mercy upon you. So that it doesn't become a burden upon you and difficulties upon you. Uh, so when the Prophet ﷺ said, غَيْرُ نِسْيَانَ That is not out of forgetfulness. And that is clearly because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ينسى, Allah does not forget. That is not something you attribute to Allah whatsoever. لِأَنَّ النِسْيَانَ نقص, Because forgetfulness is a deficiency. And Allah is free of any type of deficiency. (laughs) لَمْ يَسْكُتْ عَنْهَا نِسْيَانًا لَهَا Allah did not remain silent upon them out of forgetfulness. Rather He remained silent upon those affairs as a mercy upon you. So that the affair doesn't become restricted. It doesn't become restricted. These affairs are open, mubah, you can do them. Certain affairs that are mubah, then you're allowed to do them. So when the Prophet ﷺ said, عنها, so don't research into those and delve into them and start querying all about them. Ma alayhi dalilun ala annahu halal khudu, wa annahu haram Sheikh al-Fawzan says, where you have evidence that something is halal, then do it. And when you have evidence that something is haram, then stay away from it. And as for those things that nothing has been mentioned over it, then leave those affairs and don't delve into them and uh, leave them as they are. <laughs> because if there was going to be a particular ruling upon them, then it would have been mentioned. هذه ضوابط عليها المسلم في دينه These are the criteria that a Muslim treads upon in his religion. وفي حياته and in his life وفي تعامله and in his dealings with the people وفي uh, and in his mannerisms and behaviors. يَفْعَلُ الْوَاجِبَاتِ He does the obligations. وَيَتْرُكُ الْمُحَرَّمَاتِ And he stays away from the prohibitions. وَيَلْتَزِمُ بِحُدُودِ اللَّهِ فَلَا يَتَعَدَّاهَا So he remains within the boundaries of Allah and does not transgress. وَلَا And he doesn't ask about things that he doesn't need to know about. وَلَا يَحْتَاجُ And neither do the people need to know about that. قَالَ تَعَالَا يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تَسْأَلُوا عَنْ أَشْيَاءَ إِنْ تُبْدَ لَكُمْ Allah said, oh you who believe then do not ask about affairs If they become apparent to you they would harm you Or it would be something uh, uh, unfavorable to you التكلفات التي لا يحتاج إليها So the affairs, the burdens that you don't need to know about وَالأَسْئِلَةُ الَّتِي لَا يَحْتَاجُ إِلَيْهَا مَنْ manhun عَنْهَا and questioning about things which you don't need to know about, questions about things that are irrelevant, then they are not something which is recommended. Rather, the Sheikh says, yeah, it's prohibited to do that, to engage in things which are useless, and questions that are not of benefit to you. tas'alu bi qadri hajatika fakat, Only ask in accordance to the need. Ask in accordance to the need. وَلَا تَتَكَلَّفْ شَيْئًا لَا تَحْتَاجُهُ وَلَا يَحْتَاجُهُ النَّاسِ And do not burden yourself with something that you don't need and the people don't need. Here, that is the conclusion to that hadith. And so we learn the benefits of that hadith. That a person, he restricts himself to the halal, stays away from the haram. And as for those affairs that are not spoken about, then they are mubah. The person, however, must fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not use something like this out of context. So he comes across something, and he doesn't know the ruling about it. So he says to himself, well, I don't know any ruling which says this is haram, so I'll do it. That isn't what's intended here. You need to have knowledge about your religion, you need to know what's halal and what's haram. You can't just come along to anything, and say, well, I don't know of anything, I've never heard this is haram, so I'll just do it. That isn't the way. Rather the affairs are halal and they are haram. And you educate yourself and you gain knowledge regarding what is halal and what is haram about the religion of Allah. Then after that, the affairs that are genuinely mubah, then you can do those affairs. As for somebody coming along and saying, I'm not going to seek any knowledge. I'm not going to find out what is halal and what is haram. And anything that comes along, I don't know any better. So I'll just consider it to be mubah. That isn't the case. Then you're going to end up falling into all types of haram. So a person must fear Allah and not to abuse the affairs, rather to understand this religion and to understand the knowledge and to practice it and implement it in the correct manner. That's the end of that hadith. Uh, we were slightly behind time. So we'll conclude upon that hadith. But if there's any questions, we'll take some questions quickly, inshallah. ta'ala. Uh, until next week, we move on to the next narrations. And next week, inshallah, we'll do at least two hadith to catch up some uh, what we missed today. So if there's any questions that we able to take, them? we'll take them now. So we'll conclude upon that then and continue next week, inshallah.